in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's bad with money with Gabby. Done. Hello and welcome to Bad with Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. It's our spooky Halloween episode, everyone. You gotta do it. It's like a sitcom. Uh, so this is a money show, but we also talk about pop culture stuff sometimes and we read money books and watch money movies and our guest today, well, aside from my co-host Mal Blum, who joins and begged to be on the Halloween episode. I want to be on the the Halloween (gasps) episode. This happens all the time. Uh, and then our guest is Maggie Mae Fish. So Maggie, can you tell us who you are and what you do and why you might be appropriate for a Halloween episode? Well, first and foremost, uh, it's appropriate because um, I'm scary. Um, of course. Boo. Of course. <laughs> ah, warn me, please. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. Yes, I'm a writer, actress, YouTuber. Uh, the other thing that qualifies me is that I, too, throughout my my entire life have been bad with money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you grew up without it, and then it's just like, oh, this is imaginary. <laughs> yes. So, then even yes. when you get it, it's like, no, this is still imaginary. No rhyme or reason. So, yes. Also a horror fan, which is, uh, you know, particular to today's topic. And a mm-hmm. distant relative of uh, a particularly <laughs> yes. heinous yes. serial killer. Yes, I am distantly related to uh, the Albert Fish. Wow. Fish. Do you get tired of talking about that? No, really not. I feel like I rarely ever talk about it only because, um, yeah, I didn't find out until later in life. Uh, Oh, really? Oh, so it's not like – It's like a distant – It's not like you're like Albert – Well, I guess he's from – I'm so sorry. I'm not 100% familiar with your serial killer relative. He's the one that's from like the 1800s though, right? Right. Long time ago. Um, right. Although there's a little family resemblance. Uh, really? Yes. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Creepily ah. so. In my, yes. My cousins and I all look identical and most of them are women. Um, wow. And, uh, you know, we all have like the fish 
eyes, which is just like, you know, slightly deep set. Wow. I guess okay. Irish heritage. You're yeah. very pretty. Was he pretty? Am I? Thank you. Thank Am you. <laughs> so bizarre. He's like distinct. I think if you look up, if you look up a photo of him, uh, his eyes are very distinct. I wouldn't <laughs> say he's a handsome man. I think you're much better looking than. But <laughs> but. Yeah. Wow, um, high standards. Wow. Yeah. So my uncle uh, and my grandpa, um, when I was young, did a like very in-depth family tree. Um, so that wow. is very cool. I do have like a lot of information about, you know, the fish side of my family and even some from my other side. They were cobblers from like Sweden. Uh, and we have like, like no one ever talks old... about the cobbler side of the family. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a uh, just a home poet. He like had a, a diary that we got translated. It's very sweet. Um, but yeah, so the fish side, I have a memory of my dad when I was very young being like walking down from the stairs and having just looked at the family tree and was like, you're related to someone who went to jail a really long time ago, you know, as a child. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, and then years later, I was like, wait, fish. No, this, no way. And so I texted my uncle and he was like, oh yeah, no, no, no. That's, that's, and I was like, ah. Oh my God. So it's not like. some key details. Because we have another friend who has some stuff in her background, but it's like Mm -hmm. closer in. And so I feel like she's had Yeah, her like like, great grandpa killed the Black Dahlia. You guys should actually talk. (gasps) Yeah, but. So she, you guys should but, be friends. Yeah. but so she, That's I feel incredible. like she's had to sort of like reconcile and like really be like, well, what does this mean? And what is For like, my genetics you know, what, and yeah. yeah, and like, right. yeah, kind of that kind of thing. But I feel like if, if it's like all the way distantly from the 1800s, you're probably like, this is just like a weird fucking thing. <laughs> yes, it is. Why? Well, like when you read his like story, it is just so like, oh, this person should never have been a part of society Holy beyond. Shit. Uh, yeah. But it was such back in the day, and he was white, so people were just like, ah, maybe he's just weird. I don't yeah. know. I was like, ah, ah. No. One of my favorite things ever was like a tweet of yours where you were like, everyone's talking mm. about Nepo babies. Like my great great told him, like murdered a bunch of people in the 1800s. Why didn't I? Where's my success? That's so funny. Yeah, when will I be a Nepo baby, which made me laugh so hard. Do you have any further Albert Fish questions, Mal? Uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is my last one. Do you feel like (laughs) – because it's kind of like a bit, right? Because it's like all the way – you know, but Mm do you feel like anybody after finding that out from you, like, looks at you different or like you have to like be like on guard to be like, I'm I'm not weird. (laughs) You're just like starting to eat some chicken nuggets and people are like, "Ah, are those – is that cannibal? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the only time I've ever seen it coming up in that context, which is when I was name searching myself on Twitter, which you should never do. Luckily, no, yeah. I'm, I never it's did. Just do. as a rule, don't do it. Um, I usually I feel like you know it's fine. It's usually just people saying they're in love with me, which <laughs> that'll take. Um, <laughs> wow. But yes, I know this particular person um, was mad about like a, a hot take I had about one of their favorite directors um and and this was evidence against me like how could you listen to this person they're related to mm. the albert fish and i was like all right we've lo- we've lost the thread wow <laughs> um, cancel it's just yeah i feel like that's such a thing like it's like like this mm. you see like biological essentialism like pop up in the weirdest areas yes, where people are yeah. like well your opinion is is discountable because you're genetically evil. So, and we're and right. that, we're like we're supposed to be progressive, but we're like, yeah, but some people are just genetically evil. There's no other factor. Right, like, right. Mm-hmm. It's just like in their blood. Oh my well, god. Well, Riverdale, Riverdale didn't help with their serial killer gene <gasps> storyline that they did. Oh, yeah. I have. I didn't follow that. No, yeah, you're not like you don't have a Google alert for serial killer gene. Uh, that makes uh, sense. It makes me like take risks. Like, oh my no, that's god, ADHD, which that is genetic. So you know, I got that too. Hey, I yeah. Don't. Well, people write into this show about ADHD. It's just become an ADHD hmm. podcast at some point, um, which you know? is I love and it's great. And the fact that you all got it together to send so many emails is I honestly I applaud you. <laughs> 
So we wanted to talk about horror as a genre a little bit. We also all watched mm-hmm. The Shining. Mal had yeah. never seen The Shining before yesterday. Which I didn't realize. Mal thought that they <laughs> I do had want seen to hear the- you talk about that. Yeah. So you re- you mm-hmm. hadn't seen The Shining, but you didn't realize till midway through, right? I was like, of course I've seen The Shining. And then we started watching it and I was like, I don't remember this part. I don't remember this part. <laughs> and I think what happened is, as mentioned, I do have ADHD. And I think mm-hmm. I've just seen so many clips from The Shining over the course of my life, like in popular media, that I thought that I had seen it. And like, mm. just like, didn't really remember it, whatever. And then as w- I was watching it, I was like, I have no idea how this movie ends. <laughs> and then I was like, I think I've never seen it. Wait, I don't remember this part. And Gaz was like, you've clearly never seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And because I, I was, was like, like what, oh, wait, that's his imaginary friend. Right, here you know? Oh, Johnny. I, I know. I, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, here's Johnny and the yelling and the tricycle. Mm-hmm. And then, but I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that was his imaginary friend that lived in his mouth or whatever. Yeah. He's cute. like, yeah. he's my imaginary friend who lives in my mouth. I'm like, yeah. named Tony. Oh, like, that's hilarious. <laughs> Tony, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, an Italian guy. And then also, Tony. I mean, we were just like, yeah, Mal also didn't know how it ended. So, I, you know, they were very stressed out by the ending in a way that, like, I hadn't been in, you know, years since I'd seen it. So it was like, you you weren't sure they were going to get away. I didn't like the window scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm, so basically, yes. um, you both have done a lot of research, um, and I yeah. have done none, but I did watch <laughs> The Shining. So I'll yes. represent the viewer. So what do you like mm-hmm. about horror? What are kind of your favorites? And then and then I did some research into how it got started as like a cheap genre, basically. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I like to just give myself homework for this show. Uh, so what <laughs> what is your uh, what are your favorites? What draws you to the genre, and mm-hmm. why do you think it's made it's able to be done so cheaply? Such a fantastic question. Well, I know I was a late comer to horror. Um, I grew up very very affected by all media you know like a sad movie would make me sob like beyond (laughs) beyond consoling uh a happy movie would like you know make my freaking month um so horror was just very effective and and evocative and i remember watching the ring for the Mm. first time scarred me for (laughs) years me too uh, that one it oh my goodness there was a girl in my class who you know had long stringy hair and any sleepover she would hide in the closet and they would find <laughs> some way for me to have to open the door um yeah so you know re-traumatize me um slept with my closet door open for years yeah. i had a kink in my neck because i would sleep at the edge of my bed because mm. I was like, if she's under my bed, I want to see, I want to see it <laughs> a- immediately. You know, I don't want her to come. Wow. Yeah. Like, I did the opposite because I didn't want the girl from mm. um, the sixth sense to grab me from under the bed. Of course. <gasps> Misha Barton. Of course. Actually. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't Martin. want Misha Barton Misha to grab Martin. me. Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting uh, because one of the things I mm-hmm. read was the the way that horror is able to d- be done cheaply is that they are able to to make the mundane scary. So a mm. closet, yes. TV static. I we're talking about TV the ring, st- like TV mm-hmm. static became absolutely horrifying. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's interesting for you to talk about how like a closet and putting hair in front of your face is somehow able to like just set your nerves aflame. Mm-hmm. Right. And, absolutely. And yeah. So what are some of your favorites now? I love horror. And honestly, for the exact same reason, now that I am older, I appreciate, like you said, the the impact, the punch it can make emotionally with just hair, like just the mm-hmm. simplest things. Picking a fly off of the TV. Ah! Like, yeah, ah, yeah. Lives terrifying. in my brain forever. Terrifying. Um. But yeah, so I think anything that can be slightly terrifying makes for fantastic horror. Some of my favorites, Stepford Wives, the original. Mm. Uh, I love that movie. Um, <laughs> and that's not even, you know, high, you know, for doing a spectrum from right. like thriller to horror. You know, that's more on the thriller side. But just the the idea, the, the feelings it invokes of like, being trapped and being trapped mm-hmm. in like a feminine form, ah, like <laughs> uh, taps in such like primal. Listen, fear. me and Mal um, know. Me and Mal know. 
I've used upper wives as a different. Ooh. Doesn't matter. That's that's, that's going to have to be another episode. Well, it's I, interesting I, great, because but... it's not it's not a hostile. It's not a saw. It's not like particularly. Right. It's just mm-hmm. kind of fucking with you psychologically. I feel like it's representative of like trappings of like misogyny, but mm-hmm. not necessarily mm-hmm. their their bodies, but their you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but okay, mm-hmm. wait. Can I say something um, that I just realized? I just had an epiphany. I don't know if it's true or yes. not. What? Okay. So Maggie has ADHD and I have yeah. ADHD. And yeah. when you were describing how you were affected by movies as a child, I also experienced that. And I also like mm-hmm. horror movies now. And I'm like, that's really interesting. And so while you're talking, I'm like, I wonder why that is. And obviously, okay, so when you have ADHD, like there's a bunch of things that could be wrong with us, obviously, but we have deficiency in. <laughs> Dopamine and um, norepinephrine, like we have issues with our neurotransmitters. Norephron, like, yes, we have a deficiency. <laughs> I have a deficiency in norephron, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but what's interesting is I wonder with like jump scares and, um, you know, like tension and anticipation. Mm-hmm. Giving and you like, dopamine. It's, it Maybe it's setting off uh, like dopamine. And so we're like attracted back to it because we like, you know, just as a base level, have a deficiency in it. Yes. Also just like the sensitivity to feelings and, and other people's feelings. Yes. I mean, Mm -hmm. I do think that is what affected me so much as a kid (laughs) with like any sort of story. Um, But then, yeah, as you're an adult, you also, as you grow face, IRL, scary. Um, Mm -hmm. The imaginary scary becomes more validating Mm. rather than threatening. Yeah. Um, I mean, hey guys, Gabe Dunn here. I just wanted to let you guys know that I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. And on that Patreon, I'm going to start doing live hangs with everyone who is a patron. So if you want to join the Patreon, you can get all these episodes ad free videos of our mailbag episodes, extra writing from me, blogs, fiction, other stuff, things that I'm thinking about with regards to money and personal stories, and also now live hangs with me on Zoom once a month. So join the Patreon. And if you're not a member of the Discord, hop on over to the Discord. That's free. The link will be in the description. It's so fun. So many of you guys talk over there. It's like truly popping off. Um, And if you're on the Discord, I would love to see you in the live hang so I get to put a face to a name. So yeah, please join patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn and come hang out with me. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time consuming. I'm sure you guys know you've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top-rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. 
That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash bad money for your extended 30-day free trial. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business, and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible, and the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. So this is, uh, I wanted to get into, because I was looking into uh, why horror started as such a cheap genre. And I found (laughs) a lot of information about this guy, Val Luton who is uh, very reclusive. There's no video or audio of him. And I found some videos about him from Dark Corners Reviews. And it mm-hmm. was the time of RKO Studios in the 40s. Basically, they would give him $100,000 to $500,000 budget, very low, mm-hmm. and they would give him a title. So two examples mm-hmm. that come up are Cat People and I Walked with a Zombie. And then they would say, Make a film that's under 75 minutes. And so in order for him to get these films out and to uh, go with these titles, he would write them really quickly. He took a lot of (laughs) notes. Um, And then his rules were, one, keep a love story at the center of the film. Two, present three scenes of suggested horror, so false scares. (gasps) One scene of actual horror built into the climax and then fade out. Those were his rules. were. Yeah, they were. And when once you think about it, it all of a sudden like makes total sense. And it's not love story in terms of like um, a couple necessarily. Sometimes it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with hereditary, it's mother son. It's, you know, like, yeah. so there's always some sort of realism to it. And mm-hmm. one of his uh, big films, Cat People, is, you know, kind of this menacing thing where there's you don't actually really see the villain. And that's sort of mm-hmm. one part of it. So these are mm-hmm. the things that I, in these videos, talked about what makes Val Luton's films work. Um, mm-hmm. Make the screen really dark. So mm-hmm. a lot of his films are black and white. Well, all of them are. And it plays well with like making everything super dark. And so a lot is happening in the shadows that you don't have to show. It's cheaper not to show it than to show it. And I kind of, right. it's that thing that ended up happening with Jaws where the shark robot was malfunctioning a lot. And so they ended up not using it or showing it as much as they had planned to in the script. And that actually makes the tension and thrill of Jaws even better because mm-hmm. you don't see the shark as much. So you're able to imagine it in a, in a scarier way. So this guy mm-hmm. on Dark Corners was talking about, you know, how Val, Val Luton didn't buck against his low budget. He actually used it. Another example mm-hmm. is that we talked about earlier Familiar events. So the idea that bad things aren't supposed to happen here. So homes, camps, Mm -hmm. uh, ships, you know, things where they were already set, they were reusing sets. So like for one of his movies, Mm -hmm. Ghost Ship, RKO had already built a ship set. And then they were like, make a movie called Ghost Ship. You know, here's money. We don't know what it's about. Use this set, use this title. And then they were mm-hmm. able to reuse this this one location. So that's why a lot of horror takes place in one house, in one, mm-hmm. you know, uh, apartment, one venue, one ship, for example. And then uh, it made me think of when I was on the airplane, I watched a, a, a 2022 film called The Watcher, 
which uh, stars Ooh. Micah Monroe of It Follows and a very creepy looking actor named Bern Gorman, who's in a lot of stuff and has a real, a real great face for scary. And that is a movie that takes place in like three apartments. And it's just mostly kind of silent. And the horror is coming from like the idea of like, she thinks she's being watched. And so those, <laughs> I mean, so I realized that when I was reading about Val Luton, I was like, wow, he really set the the tone for how all of these things work in like the 1940s. <laughs> Did all of that sound sort of like familiar and correct? Ab- absolutely. Um and I think even, you know, to what it also came to now, like in modern times, we're like contextualizing it with capitalism, like the cheapness of it is also uh, pays dividends because mm-hmm. um, it can be made cheaply, but also people will go see it in droves. So, Correct. right. It also makes its budget back, which is, you know, any... Film producers is like exactly that, that happens exactly. Um, they also yes. don't need big stars. A big part of it right. was would cast the same people over and over again, and they didn't have to mm-hmm. be names. They didn't have it to didn't be have big to be names. names. And mm-hmm. Mal had this. I mean, you, Mal, you in one weekend, you or one day, you went to see Smile and you went to see Bros, <gasps> and you told me that Smile was had that more was last people. week infinitely more people. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. No names yeah. in that film. I was, really, I was really trying to escape my brain that day. And I was like, I'll just live, <laughs> it, I'll just live at the movie theater today. Yeah. Um, and and uh, you, we were talking about how Smile had I mean, one people. of those is gay. One of those is like a gay a right. rom-com. But you I were do doing think, your duty. Yes. <laughs> um, no, no. I mean, like that's uh, one of the reasons I think that bros had fewer people is it's like a gay mm, rom-com. And sure. it's also o- October when like, you know, people aren't going to see rom-coms really. You know, it makes sense that the horror movie had more people in it. But I think that's what would happen generally, too. I think horror movies Mm -hmm. sell out no matter who's in it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of a genre. I mean, someone may look at bros and think, oh, it's a rom-com. I'm not in, you know, in a whole cloth, like reject it. Or it's, you know, whatever. Um, But with horror, kind of like, yeah, it is – what it's horror, so you're either in your or you're out, um, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, like I knew it was going to be a bad movie, and I was like, great, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm right. gonna, I'm gonna go right. get my jumpy scares, and I know it's going to be a bad movie, and I don't care. It yeah. was, yeah, mm-hmm. it's bad. almost comforting in that way because they fit these, they fit these genres. Not to say that there aren't like genre breakers or that there aren't people who prefer, you know, a sort of uh, hostile type situation to something like what I just watched, you know, The Watcher. Do you think that there's anything to like- did you watch The Watcher? Not the one that's with Jennifer Coolidge on TV that we do about watch. Oh, I was like, that just came out. This is like a 2022 like Swedish horror movie. It just came out. But like it starred the same girl from It Follows because that bitch knows- that's the genre, my lady. Like that's that's the genre this lady got to stick to. Um, <laughs> so so like except for you know, Tony Collette. Tony Collette can do anything. Tony Collette can do, can any do anything. Genre. But how do you guys feel about like the switch <laughs> to Blair Witch or stuff that Paranormal Activity or Cloverfield or um, stuff that it's sort of like even cheaper to make because it's just like. Um, either camera footage or you don't even have to light it or anything, or it's like, um, what's it called? Shaky cam. I love mm. documentaries. I think fake documentaries are annoying unless it's parody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the Blair Witch thing, the reason everyone was talking about it and it was like such a, a pop culture moment because everyone thought it was real. Yes. Right. You like they were like, explain, we made a fake documentary. Like <laughs> you, you know? can't explain to Gen Z how, because they're so jaded. We yeah. thought Blair Witch was real. But and like, we thought Tattoo was real. And they were not really lesbians. Right. Like we were That's so – we were not cynical yet as like a viewing audience. Right. Um, so, yes. You almost couldn't do that now. I mean I don't – You couldn't. I don't think you – yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. Uh, the closest you can get is like inspired by true events. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, which – Right. Um, can yes. I admit something? What? I, I've been over here looking up uh, a short story that I wrote when I was seven called Ghost Ship. Oh, my God. You got it. So you um, – wow, you ripped off Val Luton. Wow. No, he ripped me off. <laughs> no, Do you want to hear it? No, he was it? in the 40s, it's, my it's, love. 
No, no, this is this predates that. I'm I was seven <laughs> a long time ago. Old okay. um, yeah. <laughs> actually, maybe I was five because my handwriting is not good. Um, it's only four sentences. Do you want to hear Go it? Go on. Yes. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> it's more of like setting up an outline, I think. Okay. It says, my pirate name is Captain Blood. Ship's name, the ghost ship. My flag has a picture of a ghost on it. My treasure is gold. I buried it on Skull Island. Cap- and it reads, warning, Captain Blood has buried his treasure. Touch it and you'll be deader. <laughs> It's already been optioned for a six-picture deal. Right. Cut print. Uh, yeah. I bought it. I I optioned it. Um, and it's coming out next that. year. I'm ba- I must have found it. I remember finding it and taking a picture of it and putting it on Instagram. So when you said ghost ship, I was like, I know I have this. Captain Blood. <laughs> Captain Blood. The, I re- I, the Captain Blood series Period. is actually, it already sold out. We already sold tickets. We haven't even <laughs> cast it or shot it. It's, it's wild. <laughs> Um, Maggie. All right, sorry for interrupting. Maggie's, I just really right, Maggie's writing it. I'm directing it. Uh, yes. And that's mm-hmm. cut can I, it, baby. Can I be Captain Blood? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. The girl will be the girl from It Follows. We'll, we'll fly her Of course. Her over. She has yeah. to be in it. She has to be in it. <laughs> wow. I've never well, seen that either. Amazing. Oh, my God. You've never seen It Follows? That one no, but you, shocked me. You and up. Drew have explained it to you me multiple times. You would love that times, one, I feel. You think? Wow. It Follows is great because it is just like normal the 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 scare is someone walking towards you and i don't know how to explain yes. how that is terrifying but anyway right. yes so can't also, you go to australia i don't want to have this conversation about it, it would follows. take so I long really, to walk to australia i really can't have this conversation about it follows again you really um, you would just have to move every couple of years like go to australia and then like after a year then they start walking towards australia now, you just have move so much anxiety you think you would ever sleep if that was happening to you you think right. you would ever sleep if right. i did some mathematical calculations and figured out how long it would take to walk across the ocean floor Babe, to australia i'm not doing this yeah. i'm not doing but, this what if they can fly? You know, I, I thought the rule is they, they take have to like walk. an ID movie. I thought they just walk. They they can, can go. They can go on an you airplane. You don't know the rules, babe. I can't. Do you know how many podcasts have probably had this conversation? I can't do it. I I will jump out a window. The it is following Mal, and Mal's just yelling. I don't understand the mythology. No, I'm like, just take me. I'm fine. Oh my god. Okay, we're going to get into The Shining. So, okay, so we mentioned earlier when Maggie talked about the Stepford Wives that misogyny is uh, sometimes the villain. And Mal Mm -hmm. and I were watching The Shining, and I said, the villain of The Shining is writer's block. And Mal said, no, it's toxic masculinity, which is very true. Like, that is the true villain, and that's what makes it so rooted in reality in these ways like one the hotel is scary mm-hmm. but also having an abusive dad is scary um scary and being locked yes. in a hotel with your abusive dad is scary yes. exactly oh one of the these scariest scenes is before we even get to the hotel yep. when the wife has to answer the questions from uh the lady who the comes doctor. To the house and you right you can see her kind of justifying the way that their home life is. And like, mm-hmm. that is so real. It is bone chilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Mal yeah, was like, it, why does yeah. she have to go to the hotel? And I was like, oh, he's abusive. Right? Like, right. I, no I guess I had yes. always thought, and mm-hmm. having thought I saw the movie, I thought the conceit of the movie is that the hotel like turns him like evil. But That's he's people like not a say. good man yeah. before right? he even gets to the hotel. Yes. The drive on the way there. He's telling his wife to like, Shut up, basically. Yeah. The arm thing was super interesting, too. Because I was like, why is the kid in the hotel for five months? He'd been pulled out of school because the dad dislocated his arm or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So he takes the job at the hotel because he's trying to save. They want money. And he used to be a teacher. He was a school teacher. He's not working as a teacher anymore. Um, she's kind of a housewife. Great teacher. Incredible yeah, teacher. Exactly. They don't talk about saying, that. Like, in the prequel, he's just like a great teacher. It's he's basically Robin Williams in Dead Poets Society. Um, right, yes. No, he's a terrible teacher, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh and Whoa, so my he, parents were also teachers. I know. Holy shit. I know. So <laughs> you're the little boy you have the shining. And I have a tricycle. Mm, and I ride it shining. around our house. 
And I'm actually some... friends Italian. Oh my god. And I have had an <laughs> I bet listen, I've had an Italian man named Tony in my mouth. <laughs> May we all be so lucky. <laughs> Absolutely horrifying. That's the true horror of this episode. Build it and they will come, Maggie. Oh no. I'm I, I again will quit this podcast. I'm never doing a show with two ADHD people ever again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen... I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa Credit Cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone. Chime members are not and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash badmoney. That's Chime.com slash badmoney. Chime. Feels like progress. 
The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. This has been absolutely delightful. What do you think of the job, the idea that they're like, it's not economically feasible for us to keep this place open. So we will simply have a family live here for five months with not no access to anything. Like what would make you take mm-hmm. that job? Even upon hearing like, and one guy went crazy. Like you have to- I would take money. that job. You would take it? Sure, why not? Oh, man. If I wanted to trap my I wouldn't family bring in, I wouldn't bring anyone. towards them, I would take it. Okay. Well, alone, I think is. Yeah. Then you're just hanging out with ghosts and like, I don't know. What I said watching the movie was I was like, they should just get like Bon Iver or someone up there. Like, you know what I mean? Like he already right. like locks himself in Wisconsin for months to like write albums. Like who, who mm-hmm. gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. I would, I think it was meant to show us that it's a pretty desperate person who takes that job. Like. Right. That's oh, really? or uh, wants their family to be isolated. Yeah. It's like. Right. I didn't think of that. I didn't take think of that. He really want the job. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, he wanted to just like get paid to like fuck off and write the great American novel or whatever. Right. right? That's true. Also, the the boss who, you know, gives him the job. It is very like esoteric, like weird scene when that mm. happens. And he's looks like. A Roosevelt and there's like a you know an American flag like yes. all over his office and uh, you know of course the dad's gonna be like oh yeah you know right yeah. what an American job for me to yeah. take mm-hmm. well Jack uh, <laughs> uh, I just do I do got to tell you uh, that I don't want to be dramatic but there was a man who chopped his family up in little pieces but that's just a formality congratulations on the job yeah exactly and mm-hmm. you know I, it's not lost on me that. They get to the hotel and they show Wendy where the kitchen is. The implication being that mm-hmm. she will be cooking and she will be taking care of Jack while he writes his book. Mm-hmm. It is 1980. The book takes, you know, takes place in the 70s. I get that. But I was, mm. uh, it struck me this time around watching it to be like, oh, wow. Like they really just went and you, you get the kitchen. <laughs> right. Right. He doesn't need to know anything about the kitchen. That's for you. Right. Lady. So that was interesting to me. And then oh, she should have hidden there. Yeah, he would never know. Yeah. Um, and they trap him in the um pantry. in the freezer. Yeah. Oh, freezer. right. She does. Yeah. Right. I'm wondering now if that's kind of I see the shining and it creates a lot of theories. It makes you want to have theories. It's not a oh, horror movie. Are you that gonna was talk about the made? I'm not gonna talk about the theories. It is a movie that was made on a bigger budget. So just mm-hmm. a little just a little the shining by the numbers first. The budget was 19 million estimated which is it's a, it's a lot for a horror movie and then it grossed 45, in the 80s too yeah and then it grossed uh 47 million worldwide mm. it wasn't as big of a hit i everything i read was like it wasn't as big of a hit as the empire strikes back which came out the same year but it was still a big hit it had mm-hmm. mixed critical reviews like some reviews uh, were like, we hate this. Uh, and then it later became a classic, which tends to happen with horror. It happened with John Carpenter's The Thing. It tends to happen. Um, it did have a great box office showing, but it wasn't uh, this beloved number one film for people until a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. I I watched uh, a documentary by Vivian Kubrick called Making the Shining. She's Stanley Kubrick's daughter. She was 17 Ooh. years old filming this documentary from the set. Um, and it kind Whoa. of showed that, you know, the filming is really isolating. It took a year to finish, which it was supposed to only take six months. It was like mm-hmm. very intense. Uh, Shelley Jack Nicholson Duvall was not shown. in character. Yeah, he was. He was. He was <laughs> he's just uh, being himself. No, he was act. He's he's very much like Jack. He's acting like Jack a lot in this documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, Shelley Duvall's losing her hair. That's how like terrible Whoa. the directing is going because they're Kubrick's being so terrible to her. What um, do you do? She, he's just like telling her that she's incompetent and an idiot and like yeah. and like making everything her fault. Um mm-hmm. and uh telling her that she's doing a bad job at acting. And she's, not. she's great. Being incredibly like blunt and terrible to her. Uh he 
she in the documentary later is like, no, I, I forgive him. He get he got like it was a good performance. Um, I also read interestingly that she was awarded the Razzie for worst actress for this movie. Yes, people and didn't. Then, yes, and then they she's took good it in once, it, right? She's great. And then once they realized that she was being abused on set, the Razzies rescinded the nomination and actually said she was being she was good. So that's <laughs> interesting. Wow, but feminism. Feminism, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there's a, also a really cute part in Making the Shining where uh, the little boy, Danny Lloyd, who's playing Danny, he, they they ask him about getting the part and he says, well, I'm mostly excited for what my parents are going to buy me. And then <laughs> they say, well, did you think about what you were going to make for this movie? And he's like, yeah, I thought maybe I'd make like $2. But now I realize that I'm probably going to make like five or $600. How much did he actually make? Charming, cute little thing. Like, it's so adorable. How much did Uh, he make? He probably made like thousands of dollars. Right. More than two. Probably got back end (laughs) equity. Like, yeah. But he was like, I'm going to have probably like $500, $600. And then it's really adorable. So the little kid's character is named Danny and the actor's Danny and Jack. Nicholson's character is named Jack and he's named Jack and Shelley Duvall's character is named Wendy. 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 What? Yeah, well that's okay. what they're called in the book. Although Jack seems like he was maybe born for <laughs> this role. Uh, for good or for ill. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've seen behind the scenes stuff, but he's like jumping up and down, screaming mm-hmm. like before they yell action he's swinging the axe yelling murder. <laughs> Yeah. Try, he's trying yeah. to like get into the role. Yeah, yeah. No, he's in it. He's not oh, trying. No, you're like, no, he was trying to <laughs> he's trying to murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't uh, stop when they yell cut. No. <laughs> he did kill someone. <laughs> um, in terms of uh in terms of it's a very long movie. Um, and in terms mm-hmm. of like Mal asked if the overlook is a real place. Um, it's the Timberline Hotel in Mount Hood, Oregon, and then the interiors. Uh, a lot of them were shot on a set, but they were inspired by the Awani Hotel in Yosemite National Park. But you can go and visit the Overlook, mm-hmm. I think. You can, yes. My uh, spouse's sister almost got married there. <gasps> uh, really? Yes. And not even be, I mean, she's not like a movie, you know, I don't know if she's seen The Shining. Um, it's just like a very nice looking hotel. That's, that was the area that they were looking in. Um, wow. So can you spend the night at the Overlook Hotel? It says. In room 237. Jesus Christ. Uh, it says that you can spend the night in some of the hotels that were inspired by it. And mm-hmm. that, um, and that you, there's some hotels that have rooms that are sim- similar to um, that ah! hotel. And there's a hotel called The Stanley that uh, is a two, room 217, which is what it actually was in the, in the book, um, instead of 237. That's their most popular room. So very why interesting. Why did they change the number? No clue. There's no, no one has any idea why he did that. Mm-hmm. Uh so some quaaludes. He was like, "Yeah, whatever number it was, two thirty-seven. <laughs> I'm gonna make so, my number better. My number is actually more. Different. More is better. More. Oh yeah. My God. So there's a couple things. If you guys have stuff, like go, you know, stop me. But there's a couple things I want to talk about. When Jack is swinging the axe at Wendy, he yells, uh, and this is something I want to talk about. He yells, have you ever thought about my responsibilities to my employers? I signed a contract. And I want to talk about like the, the sort of idea of like play, like the way that men, abusive men will be like, my job is hard. My work is hard. And, Mm -hmm. and that she and Danny are clearly going through something, but he's so focused on like, have you ever thought about what I'm going through? And that just like really stuck out to me. Yeah, uh, especially every there's... waking moment of every waking day because <laughs> yeah. you won't. Yeah. Right. About it or think about anyone else. So, yes, well, we have thought about it. Because there is zero footage of him caretaking the hotel. He's not yes. doing any work. And in fact, at one point, he's throwing when a he's, ball against he's the throwing wall. The... That is the opposite of what I would want someone caretaking my hotel to do. You know, like he's like, my job is so important that I'm not doing it. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Almost hitting priceless art with his like <laughs> stupid ball. Yeah, that really stuck out to me in this sort of like abusive guy, like my job is really high stress. That's why I have to be terrible to everyone. But mm-hmm. in a way that was so highlighted so perfectly by him literally swinging an axe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just like hates her and hates his life. And yeah. he's like make, making, he's having, I don't know, I guess the ghosts are real, but the ghosts are like, yeah, 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 you should hate your wife because she's making your work hard. And he's like, yeah, good, I'm going to kill her. But I what feel do like you guys, he already wanted to kill her. Yes. What do you guys make hmm. of the scene where he's working and she comes in and he yells at her uh, for bringing food? Uh, Reminded me of Hoagie Carmichael. Who's that? Uh, Hoagie Carmichael, really famous songwriter. He wrote, um, what is it, Stardust? Well, allegedly, <laughs> he had a, a writing room in his house where, like, uh, his wife and kids were not allowed to, like, disturb him in the writing room. And I guess if the kids did, he would beat them, allegedly. <gasps> but he's, you know, but he, it's like a known thing. Known it's interesting. Thing. It reminds me of um, in, the, in the, the show Dickinson, but also in real life. Uh, it would be like all these sort of famous male writers who were very successful and they would be like, I, I went alone to do my writing. Um, mm-hmm. And behind the scenes, their mother or their wife or their daughter mm-hmm. was doing the laundry, was baking their food, was doing all this uh, for Thoreau. them so that they could mm-hmm. throw who I think that John really happened. plays. And it's like shown as this, like they're such geniuses, but this was such a great like way of showing that like she's bringing him food. She's doing all the stuff. She's taking care of their child. So that he mm-hmm. can be a genius and make money for their family from uh, checks notes selling a novel, like mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, checks notes of one sentence over and over again. Well, yeah. exactly. We're well. gonna get to that. That yeah. was a real thing. Thoreau, Thoreau's mother brought him um, like clean laundry once a week. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that is the myth of uh, you know the like great men of history. It's like. And and individualism as like an idea. It's like you can only be an individualist if you erase the work of uh, you know any woman or mm-hmm. a marginalized person or community. Mm-hmm. Um, then sure, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you erase their existence and importance, then yeah, mm-hmm. I guess you did accomplish it alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, Jack right. Kerouac came back to his mother's house all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, like mm-hmm. he was on the road and then he'd come home to his mom's house. Right. And there's no shame in that. Just don't lie about it. Right. Right. Or Which see I that work did, as valuable. Yeah. That yeah, work. It's yeah. just funny like that we think of these things as like, oh yeah, like Thoreau was alone in the woods. Jack Kerouac was on the road. Like they came home and got this support, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's what's right. happening with Jack. Like Wendy is doing all this stuff and supporting him and taking care of the child and he largely, I mean, Maggie pointed out, and I think you, Mal, that he largely ignores Danny. When he was, like, touching him, I was like, that's not, oh, I'm not absolutely. saying it's, like, inappropriate, like, it, you know, it, but I was like, this is not a comfortable way to be touched. This is clearly someone oh, who doesn't know yes. how to, like, interact with a child. Right. I think it is very much supposed to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's unpersonal, which mm-hmm. makes it uncomfortable. Um there's also, I mean, at least for me, the scene later on when he, you know, is hugging this gorgeous woman and she turns into this monster as he's touching her. Like, what mm. does that mean? Like, who else is he, you know, oh. touching and then being repulsed? But, you know, like, there's, there's theories that he is mm-hmm. molesting Danny. Yeah. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know There's about those theories. theories. I also think, you know, that there is, well, one of the theories it hinges on is that in one of the opening scenes, he's reading Playgirl magazine, which has yes. been in it, which is kind yeah. of like a weird moment. Right. Um, And it's kind of glossed over. It's just like a background scene. But yeah, I didn't even notice um, that. You're, you're kind of not supposed to. But um, also, I think that that is another commentary on women and like how he views women, right? As she ages, suddenly mm-hmm. she's repulsive to him. Repulsive, right. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like a cartoonish look at that. Let's talk about all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Incredible prose poetry. Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. what do we think about like it almost is like a, a commentary on capitalism? What is it's it? What is it? I mean, so throughout the film, we have seen Jack 
only care about his work, yell about how important his work is. And yet when he goes to sit down, the thing that he repeats over and over is that all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. So it's, I mean, it could be many things. One of it could be writers themselves are like liars in a way. It's like he's yelling at his family one thing. And then when he sits down, he creates this like, you know, fantasy. Um, The idea of something about men, especially like when they're in positions of power that they abuse, it's like Mm. kind of this like switch thing Mm. where it's like, no matter what you do as, you know, a person alongside them it kind of doesn't matter because Mm. what matters is how they feel so one moment yeah they'll be yelling at you about their work then the next moment that's bad because they want it to be bad uh so also that it's mm -hmm. almost like spinning the wheels of capitalism like nothing's happening yes he's working so hard he's trying so hard and at the end of the day it's nothing is getting done yeah i wonder Also, if – okay, so I forgot that this was a Stephen King book. I think I knew that on some level, but I forgot. But now that I remember that it's a Stephen King book, um, (laughs) I wonder if – like if we allow that Jack is a vehicle for Stephen King's fears of what his worst self is, you know, Mm -hmm. like as Mm -hmm. a writer – um, then like, it's like all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy could kind of be like the whole thesis of the thing where he's just like being so focused on my work that I'm right. like, not paying attention to anyone around me's feelings makes me like this like caricature, you know? Right. Yeah. It ruins my family relationship, ruins, yes, the people closest to me in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that it is also – you know, this idea of being so self-important and of thinking that your work is so meaningful and you have to do it, you have to do it. And also, you know, it reminded me of when people are writers and it's like, you have to, you can't just sit and write all day. You have to go out and have experiences and do things. And if he had spent time with his, he has no ideas, but if he had gone out in this hotel, spent time with his family, he might've come up with some creative ideas instead Mm -hmm. of just being this dull person who sits behind a typewriter. He, Mm -hmm. by engaging, by disengaging with life, he's actually not giving himself ideas for Mm -hmm. his work. And that's probably King's fear too. It's also from like a children's book, the, the like, limerick yes or yes the limerick mm-hmm. yeah so i wonder how that factors in immaturity mm-hmm. um immaturity the, the child the, a child's idea of what um work is as an adult you know like the way that mal's niece will be like i'm cooking or i'm a doctor but it's like nothing's mm-hmm. really happening yeah i mean and the fun thing about it is that kubrick very much like makes these questions open so that they're open for interpretation um and, you know, part of that could also be him justifying to himself the things that he does when he's not working. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Correct. Uh, and if I didn't mm. do those things, you know. That's knows? a very I, interesting I got to go drink with Lloyd. That's so interesting because we're talking about Stephen King as a workaholic who hurts himself mm. for his work. But mm-hmm. you're right. Who Stanley, spits that Stanley Kubrick is that way too. Mm-hmm. At one right. point in I the making Shelley of The Duvall Shining – and is, poor Shelley uh, Duvall. Testament, testament poor to that. Shelley. Yeah. But one of one of the mo- an interesting moment that I was watching the the making the shiny documentary by Vivian Kubrick, who's seventeen at the time when she's making this. Which, by the mm. way, Jack Nicholson is calls her cute and is like flirting with her, which is already a, mm. a real red flag. She's filming her dad film. And I was reading the comments and I didn't even notice this. At one point, the dad is like, like he kind of dismissively yells at her to get away. He's and like, I get was out like, of the shot. Yeah, get out of the <laughs> right. shot. And like, oh my God, this is like how Jack treats Danny. <laughs> ah! um, was she shooting it on a tricycle? What? Yeah, she's on a tricycle. She's, yeah, she's on a tricycle <laughs> running like, away from her dad. Damn it, Vivian. <laughs> Okay, what do you think of the line? I'm kind of been trying. I've been thinking about this since I we watched it yesterday. I'm trying to figure it out. 
the bartender won't let him pay. And then he says, I'm the kind of man who likes to know who's buying his drinks. Mm, I took it to mean like, especially at this time period in the 80s and stuff, it's like, who am I indebted to? You know what I mean? Like, obviously, it's not this. But the first thing I thought was like, oh, it's it's the you know, like, you don't want to accept things from like, it's like on The Sopranos when people are like, uh, was like, Arnie, you can't, you can't accept a vacation from Tony Soprano. Who knows what he's going to want from you, you know? Right. right. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, Absolutely. I was like, is he indebted to the hotel? Like, I'm not sure. What did, what did you think of that line, Maggie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to me, it recalls back to the scene where he gets the job, where it's like, oh, I know who's hiring me. Yeah, there, there's American flags plastered everywhere. Like, ah, this feels like a good investment. But then – you know, without that, um, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah. uh, who, And who are the who? people in Denver who recommended him? Because they didn't tell him right? about the murders. So, like, who is that? Yeah, it's almost like how, I get, like, people this type of power, like, they are selectively um, hesitant. <laughs> like, you know, if it's someone that they are biased towards, you know, they're going to be all for it. Um mm-hmm. But then every once in a while, they're like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, I'm a man of integrity. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. (laughs) We we saw that you are not. um, But now all of a sudden, it's a (laughs) problem. I like to know who's buying my drinks, but not who's taking care of my son. Right. (laughs) Oh, my God. Right. We never mm-hmm. we never find out how much he's getting paid to, to take that care of the place, That is also something right? I wanted right. to address. Yeah, we never mm-hmm. hear what the salary is. Right. There's also, as you pointed out, Gabby, the, like, capitalism of it all, of, like, you know, within capitalism, yeah, everything has uh, strings attached. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, me accepting this drink, yes, what does that mean for me? Is the person I'm accepting it from, can they help me later on? Mm-hmm. Or, yes. Mm. Unrelatedly, I wouldn't accept a drink from a stranger because, um, you know, drugs. Might be roofied. <laughs> yeah. Especially well, at this time. Yes. Our neighbor told us that people were just like putting acid in your drinks all the time. She was like, you you could not accept a drink from your closest friend. <laughs> I was like, okay. People okay. were dosing right. each other. Your yeah. neighbor. She passed away, unfortunately, but she was she was uh, like she was an elderly lady who um mm-hmm. went to a lot of crazy parties in the eighties. Okay. Do we have any final thoughts, especially about the ending and them escaping and what you know, and, and about the movie as a whole in terms of like its take on toxic masculinity, capitalism, things like that. Like, mm. Maggie, do you have closing thoughts? I will say one of my favorite lines and line deliveries is um, I think it is after the scene, you know, where he inquires about the drink. Uh, but it's the the white man's burden. To me, that is also like a summation of mm-hmm. that, you know, he's complaining about the white man's burden as he's sipping on this, you know, whiskey in this, like, endless party. Gold, a gold, a literal gold room. Gold. Yes, in the gold room. Um, So, yeah, this and, just, And in like, and of itself, like, the white man's burden is, like, a just this, like, fucked up entitlement and, like, you know, yes. semblance mm-hmm. of, like, the burden of, like, colonialism, right? Right, right. I'm sure we're, we heard this more when we were younger, but, you know, if you hear someone, like, arguing about, but, like, white people were also great. Like, think of all the accomplishments yeah. they gave to humanity. Right. And, and it's, like twisting their rule over over other people to be like self-martyrdom. Yeah. We could do a yeah. whole second episode about race in The Shining with someone who knows That's, more than we do right. for sure. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, white man's burden, a duty formerly asserted by white people to manage the affairs of non-white people whom they believe to be less developed. So it's this false like like self-imposed like quote unquote burden that isn't even nobody wants or asked you for you know right so interesting. And you can tie that directly to uh, you know abusive fathers they also yep. entrap their families in situations mm-hmm. where they both are the uh antagonistic person mm-hmm. but also want them to be grateful for that mm-hmm. antagonism because without Correct. it where would you be right it's like beating his yes. beating his son and then going to the bar and be yes. like, being a parent is hard you know yes <laughs> At, oh um, my god, you guys nailed it. That is so well put. 
Mal, thoughts? Uh, I think, well, you said if you want to do a whole other episode just talking about race and the shiny, but what I was going to say is something we didn't talk about is Mr. Halloran and all of this and like yes. the fucking raw deal he got and, and how mm-hmm. that fits into capitalism because you know what I mean? Like he has a job at this hotel, he goes to Florida or whatever, and he's like, oh God, I feel this like indebtedness right. to go save this little boy and then yeah. he gets fucking killed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which he does like, not get killed in the book, which is an interesting. He doesn't. No. 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 Yeah. See, that's fucked up, and it's a vehicle for them to escape. Like you have to kill this guy who works at the hotel in order, like, who's, and who's he does a, a real job, right? Who's Jack Nicholson. He has doesn't a real do job. Shit. Yes, he could have done this job, but did they ask him? No. No. They, I, he, no. And he should have just, honestly, yeah. this is like. Maybe he an, wanted to go home to his family that he has a good relationship. Yeah, he should have just right, stayed in right. Florida. To be honest. Yeah. I know. Basically, yeah, my final thought is Mr. Halloran should have just stayed in Florida. Yeah. Well, but uh, except for the except kid. Danny, I know. And, you know, The Shining got him in the end. I just think it's such a, a, a great look at work and how toxic masculinity takes that on. And it's such a, like, massive framing for that. And also, I was very, I just fell down a rabbit hole of cheap horror and how it feels like. Of course, people find that to be an accessible way to get into filmmaking, an accessible mm-hmm. way to make their mark. Um, it makes total mm-hmm. sense to me. Um, Let's make a horror movie. Okay. Go shit. We, literally, <laughs> Mal, we own a cabin, Mal. I know. So. Full discuss. <laughs> it's already been optioned. It's called Captain Blood. <laughs> On the lake. On the There's lake. He's on a lake. Well, yeah, thank you so much crazy. for joining us. Uh, where can people find you and more about you, Maggie? Oh, yes. Uh, so I have a YouTube channel. You can check out my video Ooh. essays there. Uh, mostly about film, but uh, I dabble. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram. Just my name, Maggie Mayfish. M-A-E. Right. Uh, like my dead great-grandmother, not like the month. So and no serial killer killed her, right? No, no, okay. she died. She died old, and apparently she had a, a great sense of humor. So love that. That's all I know. That's cute. Mal, where can people find you and more about you? I'm <sighs> room two thirty seven, baby. Um, <laughs> just Forever. kidding. Mal, Mal was Forever. in the bear mask. Mal was the bear. What? I don't remember. The bear, a bear. The bear that's blowing the guy. Mal, did you the even bear. watch the movie? The bear. There's a bear who's filleting someone? When she – I can't. I'm take your computer away when we're watching stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, so you can find me. I'm Mal Blum um, everywhere, M-A-L-B-L-U-M. Um, you can listen to my music wherever you listen to music. Um, you can just come to my house. Um, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me because I'm <laughs> – ADHD. <laughs> And, don't um, don't in a horror episode tell people to come to our house. They're already people coming. may take it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. He lives yeah. in my mouth. He's, um, this is Tony. He lives in my mouth. Oh my god. Well, thank you for listening. If you like the show, you can write in to Gabby is bad with money at gmail.com. You can also leave me a voice memo there. You can call in at 844-474-4040. Call in and do your best uh, little red rum Tony impression for me. I would love to hear them. Uh, we are on Discord, Instagram, TikTok, Patreon. All the links will be in the description below. And uh, listen to the show the day it drops so we can get on the charts and spread the word. Also, leave a five-star Apple review. Again, if you just want to leave a review that says red rum, I would, as long as it's five stars, I would be delighted. Thanks, everyone. Do we all want to do a little red rum? At the same time? Red, yeah. Ready? Red rum. Red rum. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. That was the best one. <laughs> Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.